Okay, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another edition of K-Axis Wrestling Network. Today we'll be discussing Monday Night Raw, the May 21st, 2018 edition from Albany, New York at the Times Union Center. Okay, so let's get right into it. The opening of the show consisted of the entrance of Kurt Angle making his way to the ring, and immediately he begins talking about Nia Jax versus Ronda Rousey and the Women's Money in the Bank match, and then he is interrupted by Stephanie McMahon and... Pretty much, uh, not instantly, but almost instantly, she received the You Tapped Out chant, which is referring to her moment at WrestleMania 34, where she tapped out to Ronda Rousey via armbar. And, you know, she's up to her usual shady intentions. And then, you know, she comes out, starts, you know, talking to Kurt about, you know, taking over the, uh, you know, the whole woman's contract signing thing between Nia Jax and Ronda Rousey. And before you know it, she's interrupted by Roman Reigns. You know, Roman Reigns comes out and makes his way to the ring, and then it becomes a Roman Reigns versus Stephanie McMahon promo. And then, you know, then uh, they were pretty much interrupted by Kevin Owens, you know, who was pretty much endorsing Stephanie McMahon for saying that, you know, pretty much saying that she wasn't biased like her brother Shane and uh, her father, Vince McMahon. And then, you know, before you know it, Stephanie McMahon books Roman Reigns versus Kevin Owens. And then that becomes match number one. So, all right, how was that match? Um, like, you know, it's pretty much what you would expect from a Roman Reigns versus Kevin Owens match. Um, the chemistry was pretty good. It wasn't a bad match. It wasn't a great match. Um, it was fair enough. It was fair enough for an opening card match. Um, even though I feel like it should have been higher up in the card, like those two should have been like, you know, that match should have been at least, you know, a good mid-card match. Um, but anyway, it doesn't matter. I mean, sometimes, you know, it does pay for those guys to open, the, you know, to be in the opening card, you know, to open the show, you know. So I can't really I can't really say, you know, it should have been here or it should have been there because, honestly, I mean, it is good to fluctuate sometimes as well and sometimes give somebody else the opportunity to be in the upper mid card or the main event match. So, honestly, it wasn't a bad thing to put them in that position. So, anyway. All right, so... I noticed at one point uh, Owens had ended up on the outside of the ring, and uh, this fan in a, you know, he was like in a neon green jersey, you know, and he was just like getting really, really like loud and, you know, and just really like touchy, you know, when Owens was out there, he's just touching him and shaking him, like trying to encourage him, I guess. I mean, I can't believe Owens didn't just turn around and be like, you know, start yelling at the guy or something, but he just took it as is. I don't know, maybe it's somebody who knows, he knows personally, and maybe, I don't know who knows, you never know who's in that front row. But um, anyway, um, you know, the match, it went on for a pretty good amount of time. It was a pretty good match all in all. Um, but at the same time, you know, Jinder Mahal, you know, rushed Roman Reigns from behind when he was on the outside of the ring. And that's pretty much what led to, uh, you know, what you would believe would be a DQ. Um, it should have been a DQ. Um, but then, you know, Owens, you know, joined into the attack you know, started pretty much beating the crap out of Reigns, and then Rollins comes out to make the save, and before you know it, they come back from a commercial break, and they crash into a tag match, so this becomes a match of Roman Reigns and Seth Rollins versus Jinder Mahal and Kevin Owens, so now we have a tag match out of a singles match, so, you know, Rollins, um, he was, he was definitely the standout. Him and Owens, uh, they were pretty much the standouts of that match. They had really good chemistry in there. Um, Seth Rollins, he unleashed a series of attacks at a high work rate at a certain point in the match. It was just freaking incredible, as usual. 
as to be expected from Seth Rollins. He never, you know, he never, you know, delivers short. You know, he never comes up short when he delivers. And, um, you know, Owens, you know, he had some standout moments as well, as I mentioned previously. Those two were the highlight of the match. Um, and then it eventually got to a point where Seth Rollins curb stomped Kevin Owens for the three count, and he got it. You know, and as uh, Seth Rollins and Roman, Re Roman Reigns were making their way up the ramp, like Jinder Mahal just pretty much came from out of nowhere from backstage, you know, with a steel chair and just starts smashing both of them with, the, you know, with the chair and just, you know, pretty much knocked Seth Rollins off the stage. And uh, he continued on to just, you know, beat the crap out of Roman Reigns with the chair. And, you know, it got to a point, I think, where all the officials came out and, you know, broke him up and, you know, and that's pretty much the end of that, say, uh, you know, that part of Raw. So moving along, we had a segment. Um, this was pretty much a recap of what had happened two weeks ago. Um, it was the Lashley interview that they were replaying. Uh, not they weren't replaying the whole thing, but just like parts of it. And um, then then we moved along, you know, to Sami Zayn, um, his interview segment. You know, um, this whole thing was just insane. It was like three guys uh, it was pretty much this whole thing where Zayn said he was going to expose Lashley you know in, in prior episodes of Raw and he said he was going to bring out Bobby Lashley's sisters and so on and so forth but it ends up being three guys dressed as females and you know that was just like come on is it it's what I would it's what a lot of people would say probably a really cringe worthy moment of Monday Night Raw and I would have to agree with that it was like come on guys like like when are you guys going to wrap this one up I mean, because it really wasn't even that funny, you know, I mean, for them to take it to that extreme. Um, it's really a shame to see Lashley being brought into this kind of, you know, this kind of storyline, you know, coming fresh out of TNA when, you know, he was just on fire in TNA or, or Impact. You know, he was on fire over there. He comes over to WWE and just, you know, they're not doing anything with him. You know, nothing really you know, it really stands out. It kind of makes me feel like they're going to use them like they used them before. It's like a, like a mid-carder, you know what I'm saying? Like a mid-card kind of guy who might end up with a solo title before the year's out, you know, but hey, I mean, they might surprise me. They might actually start to push him after a while, but I guess, you know, they're going to make him earn his way back up if they're going to let him work his way to the top of the card again. Um, that would be nice to see. It would be nice to see him, you know, going against top-tier opponents, you know, but of course, I don't mind him working his way to the top either, you know. But anyway, uh, you know, this whole segment, it was just ridiculous, you know. And, um, you know, and then Lashley finally comes out after Sami Zayn, you know, questions th these people who are supposed to be Lashley's sister. Um, you know, and then, you know, Lashley came out, you know, he played along at first, you know, he pretty much played into it. And, you know, Sami Zayn, you know, started talking a whole bunch of trash and then, you know, before you know it, these guys dressed as females, you know, attack Lashley, and then Sami Zayn jumps in, and they pretty much beat the crap out of him. And then, uh, you know, then Lashley eventually gets the upper hand and fights all of them off, you know, and, you know, it was like, thankfully, the segment is finally coming to an end, you know, because it was, you know, it dragged on a little too long. I mean, if they were going to do something that, you know, if they were going to do something that ridiculous, I don't think that it should have carried on for that long, you know. I mean, just throwing that out there. So then after this point in time, you know, there was a recap of the Nia Jax and Ronda Rousey segment from uh, last week where uh, they were on some red carpet thing. I, I forgot what that was all about even. It was when uh, Nia Jax, had, you know, pretty much challenged Ronda Rousey, you know, in a title match. 
you know, so it was just a recap, something we already saw. All right, moving along. We had match number two, Ember Moon versus Alexa Bliss. Um, I remember at some point the referee almost got ran over by Ember because he got in the way. It's like, I don't know, I've seen, I've seen many of these new re uh, referees do that. You know, they, they just get in the way and they almost get, you know, ran over or clobbered by the wrestler, you know. But um, anyway, you know, this match, uh, let me see, you know, Mickey James, she, you know, she tried to interfere at a certain point. Um, let me see, what did she do? She, uh, yeah, she tried to interfere. Then she was caught by the referee. Then the referee uh, banned her from ringside. And shortly after, Ember Moon, you know, scored the win via the Eclipse, you know. So that match was pretty quick. You know, they got it out of the way. They wrapped it up. They got it out of the way. So let's move along. All right, now let's move along to the next part of Raw, which was the backstage segment, which consisted of Finn Balor and Braun Strowman um, approaching Stephanie McMahon and... You know, it reached a point where she pretty much reminded them that they would be enemies at Money in the Bank. And at that point, um, you know, she had like a basket of fruit back there. She pretty much told them that they could have some of it if they wanted to and so on and so forth. And Strowman, uh, he was like, don't mind if I do. You know, and he grabs himself an apple and then he pretty much crushes it in front of Finn Balor. He says something to him and I can't even remember exactly what it was, but who cares? All right, moving along. Match number three, No Way Jose versus Baron Corbin once again. Um, it was a seesaw match at a certain point. You know, they each got their moves off. Um, and then it eventually got, into a, got to a point where uh, Baron Corbin had wrapped the match up via the deep six and the end of days. Um, what did I think about that match? Um, of course, you know, uh, Corbin was our heel and Jose was our face. Um, that match... I don't know. Um, I don't know if it needs to repeat. I don't think they need to. I don't think they really need to do that match again, unless they can come up with a better story for it. Because the story for that for those two going at it is kind of weak, you know. Like if they're gonna have these two continuing to have matches, one-on-one -on -one matches. I mean, they really need to put some work into making it make sense. But of course, I know they're not gonna do it. I mean, you can't expect that from today's WWE. But it's unfortunate. But that's what it is. So anyway. Moving along to the next backstage segment, which consisted of Chad Gable approaching Kurt Angle, and then he's interrupted by Dolph Ziggler and Drew Galloway, which I call him, um, or Drew McIntyre. That's, you know, you can call him that, but I call him Drew Galloway. Um, and then, you know, they cut off Gable, you know, and then they, you know, had their little smart remarks and their little snarky comments as usual. Um, Kurt Angle sends them on their way. Pretty much they booked a match, I think. Yeah, they booked a match for later on in the show, which uh, they didn't say who was going to face Gable originally. But, um, you know, it turned out being Ziggler, Ziggler versus Gable. But we'll get to that when the time's right. So after this, we had match number four, um, which consisted of Curtis Axel and Bo Dallas, which they now refer to themselves as the B team. Uh, once again, they went against Breeze and Fandango. And this ended up being a really, really quick squash match, pretty much jobber central. Um, and then we had, uh, let me see, who, who went down in this match? Um, was it, was it Breeze and Fandango? Yeah, it was a really, really quick match. So I, I can't even remember who, who beat who, honestly, because, you know, and I, I really didn't care either because honestly, you know, those guys, they should have been like the second match, if not the opening card, you know, but anyway, anyway, anyway. 
we had another segment, which consisted of Stephanie McMahon um, preparing for the Nia Jax and Ronda Rousey contract signing. Um, yeah, this was this all took place in the ring, by the way, as usual, as any other contract signing that WWE does. Um, you know, then Stephanie, you know, she was pretty much playing mental games, you know, with Nia Jax and Ronda Rousey. And, and then it just got to a point where Nia Jax just pretty much got up and, you know, you know, she started speaking her piece, you know, making her presence felt. And, you know, she had signed her, her contract, you know, with the left hand, by the way. Um, and then it got to a point where Rhonda had signed her uh, part of the contract left-handed as well. Um, I found that to be quite a coincidence, you know, as I'm a lefty myself, you know, I, I write with my left hand. So I, I kind of noticed that I was like, okay, Nia's a left-handed writer. Okay. And then I saw uh, Rhonda do the same thing. I was like, okay, so we got two lefties in here. So, you know, just something I just discovered, you know, in that episode of Raw, you know. But, you know, I just figured I'd throw that out there. Anyway, moving along, we had match number five. And this was Dolph Ziggler versus Chad Gable. All right. And it started off with a mat style. You know, they started off on some mat style or uh, chain wrestling, you know, just, you know, trying to out-wrestle each other because they both have that background an amateur background in wrestling so you know they tried to start the match off in that fashion which i always like i always like when a match starts off in you know that way and then they break it down to the pro wrestling stuff you know and it just gets you know that's what you would call a technical wrestling match it just looks good it, you know everything they do looks good when they wrestle that way because a lot of origins of wrestling you know original origins of wrestling are just there you know all that unique stuff you know what i'm saying that you don't really see in every wrestling match so anyway uh let me see uh ziggler he won you know with a head button super kick which is uh not his usual way of winning he usually wins via the famouser followed by the zigzag or he just pulls the zigzag out of nowhere or something like that but this time he wins with a head button a super kick which is really unusual and after the match uh drew galloway hit the claymore kick on uh chad gable you know, and that's pretty much the end of that segment. So pretty much at this point, uh, it's fair to say that Chad Gable is on his own. Um, question is, what about his former partner, Jason Jordan? We still haven't heard any, uh, we still haven't heard much. We heard something, a little tidbit of something the other week, but we haven't heard anything as far as Jason Jordan returning to the ring anytime soon. And if he does, when will that be? And if he does, and if he does, Will he come out to make a save for his partner, Chad Gable? Because, you know, in recent weeks, Chad Gable has been having a hard time, um, you know, adjusting to the Raw roster. You know, he, at first he had a problem with Jinder Mahal and, you know, his buddies. And now it's Dolph Ziggler and um, Drew Galloway. So it's like next week, who will it be? Like, who is he going to have a problem with, you know, next week? Is it going to be one person? Is it going to be two? Is it going to be a tag team of some sort? You know what I'm saying? Like, who is it going to be? You know what I'm saying? It's going to be giving Chad Gable problems this time. I don't know. It's really hard to say. Um, anyway, let's move along here to match number six, which consisted of Dana Brooke versus Natalia. Hold on. No, 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 no. Hold up. Wait a minute. Correction. It was Dana Brooke and Natalia versus Sarah Logan and who was it? Sarah Logan and Liv Morgan. Okay, yeah, the, the Riot Squad girls. Okay, so then this was a fatal... Actually, actually, hold up. Wait a minute. 
This wasn't a tag match either. First I said it was a solo, then I said it was a tag. Okay, I, both of those are wrong. Throw that out of the window. Forget I ever said it. Okay, this was a fatal four-way match. Money in the Bank qualifier. It was Dana Brooke versus Natalia versus Sarah Logan versus Liv Morgan. Okay, so Natalia won that match via sharpshooter on Sarah Logan. Point blank, that's it. Match number seven. We repeat Bobby Roode versus Elias once again for like the, uh, I think this is like their fourth match now. And it might even be the fifth time if I'm not mistaken. Or, you know, it may even happen on a house show at some point in between. But this is at least the fourth or fifth match that they've had. And, you know, of course, Elias goes over again, you know, with the drift away finish. And he scores the three count. And at then, you know, Elias makes his way backstage, you know, starts walking up the ramp. He gets close to the, uh, the exit way. And then he's just met by Braun Strowman, who just rushes out and runs him over, you know, like he does other people when he's on the outside of the ring. But he just runs Elias over on his way, you know, from backstage, from behind the curtain. And I um, thought that was pretty cool. That was pretty funny, a pretty unique way for Strowman to make his entrance, you know. But anyway, you know, we move along to match number eight, which was the main event. It was Braun Strowman versus Finn Balor. And Strowman, you know, he dominated early on. And, you know, then Balor, you know, he had his he had his moments, too. But at the same time, you know, when you put those two together in the same ring, like, it's got to look believable. You know, and when you got Finn Balor, a little tiny 180-pound, maybe 190 max guy in there with, with a man who's like, what, 350 or so? You know what I'm saying? Like, come on. Like, who do you think, you know, who do you think should really dominate that match? You know, like the things that Balor were doing was just, it was just unbelievable. It was like, it didn't look real. You know what I'm saying? Like, you really think a man of that size, you know, Finn Balor's size, is going to do a kick on Braun Strowman and actually stun him or, or put him down? Like, come on now. Like, be be realistic. You know, that's, that's the kind of stuff that makes wrestling look fake. You know what I'm saying? Like, somebody that's that tiny, you know, dropping a man that large. You know, you, you got to make it make sense. Like, if you're going to be a small guy that's dropping a big guy... It's got to be more convincing than that. You know, it's got to be in a more convincing way. You know, and like I said, I mean, smaller guys of the past who have slammed around big dudes or dropped big dudes, at least, you know, at least they did it in a way that was more believable. You know, such as your Eddie Guerrero or your Chris Benoit. You know, I still mention those guys, you know, because I don't care. Because, you know, they, they, you know, they, they existed. I'm not going to pretend they never existed like some other people do. You know, like WWE chooses to do. You know, because I, I still bring those guys up. I think they're good. I mean, they were really good at what they did in that ring. And I'm not going to pretend that they never existed. They were a vital part of wrestling history. And they made a large mark on wrestling history. And the way that they put down bigger guys, they did it in a believable fashion. Where they actually broke them down. And then they started, you know, slamming them and stuff. You know what I'm saying? They got to show their strength. You know, of how strong they really were. You know, I might be a smaller guy, but hey, I can I can slam this big giant or this huge guy that's like twice my size. You know, they, they made it believable. You know, Balor kicking somebody ain't believable. You know, but anyway, that's the end of the show. Um, that's pretty much all I had to say about it. What do you guys have to say about it? Leave your comments. You know, support the show. Um, Go to kaxiswrestlingnetwork.com if you want to donate, if you want to find more of my social media, if you want to, 
you know, see all the latest and greatest episodes or follow my RSS feed or my podcast on iTunes. You know, I'm everywhere. I'm on iTunes. I'm on Facebook. I'm on Twitter. I'm on Instagram. Follow me. Support. Like. Subscribe. Follow. Um, anything. Anything you can to support the show. Go to the website and donate. Like I said, that's also another option. You can do whatever you got to do that you feel is necessary. So. I would appreciate it. I'd greatly appreciate it if you support the show and, you know, in order to keep things going here because, you know, like I said before, I'm not a rich man. I'd really appreciate any kind of donations or support that I can get at this point in time to keep this podcast going strong. Okay. Anyway, I'm your host, K-Axis. I'm signing off for K-Axis Wrestling Network. I will see you guys next time. You guys have a good one.